0: Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Working Experience Podcast. The Working Experience. I'm Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning, snow and sleet. There is no service on there. Stand the- clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. I don't need that ASAP. Where
1: are we on that presentation?
0: Dan, HR wants to see you. Did
1: you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. You need to stay
0: late, Bob. Teamwork makes the dream work. They're <laughs> moving in a different direction. And after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, oh what's that? He was wow. toenails at desk. <laughs> I, can't I, can't. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. Hey, everybody. This is Maddie K.
1: And John?
0: And this is July 25th. Is that right?
1: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. 24th? No, man, it's the twenty. you jump in the gun. It's
0: 20... the 24th. Today's the 24th. Okay. Well, <clears throat> my summer vacation, it's the countdown, because I'm a teacher. And, you know, I have uh, probably five weeks left, maybe six.
1: Until you got to go back into the jail cell,
0: and uh, nobody's very sympathetic to teachers when they complain about their uh, the shortness of their summer vacation.
1: (laughs) No, we we have very little sympathy for
0: teachers. No, no, and nor should anybody. It's uh, it's pretty nice having it off, I got to say, and you know, teachers aren't you're never going to make a million bucks being a teacher, but um, it does have its perks, I think. I remember talking to another teacher uh, in Quincy, Massachusetts, and we were just sort of saying there's always trade-offs. You know, there's like job security versus, you know, not, not being the boss. Like, I mean, if you're the boss, you've got tons of headaches, but you're the boss. Um, if you're, you know, just earning your paycheck and you're earning 60, 70 grand a year... Yeah, you know, there's there's and and you have job security and things like that. I mean, you know, people complain about it, <clears throat> but um there's something to be said for uh getting a paycheck every two weeks.
1: Yeah, now there there is something to be said for that. And I I mean I think your average American, you know, takes uh next to no vacation. Um, very little. Very, we take I, I very th- little. I think that a break in the summer is called for you know somewhere around 2 to 4 weeks sure and then sure. i think a, another break um in the dead of winter is called for yeah uh, but that doesn't have to be as long maybe that's one a week or two um and you, then you should be a happy camper
0: <clears throat> yeah i mean europeans i think germans uh i don't know if they get the most but it's up there it's like 6 weeks of paid vacation every year And you know you gotta have your gotta have your leisure time. It always kind of struck me with um, people in the states who uh, had to kind of work with people in the overseas branches in England or France. They were like, you know, I call over there after five o'clock their time, and I can't get anybody, and they're never there. And I'm like, well, maybe they're the ones who have the secret. Like they've gotten out, they got their work done, and they left the office. You know. (laughs) Like, they're done. They're going to go and have a nice evening.
1: Well, now I think, I believe it's illegal in France um, for an employer to contact an employee after 6 p.m.
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: And then, you know, it goes through the night, and I think maybe they can contact them again at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. Yeah. So it's it's illegal. You can be fined if you send an email (laughs) to your employee, which is a... um, which here is, is everyone's constantly on, twenty four seven, always connected. That's that me. Uh, I wear a headset to bed, <laughs> just in case.
0: But that you know, all no, comes in. You wonder like how productive it is. Like how much is really getting done? I remember a friend of mine. She was talking about uh, briefly about a career in public relations and someone who had worked in public relations told her that what drove her crazy about the job was like, you know, she'd be done with her stuff at five, six o'clock, but no one wanted to be the first one to leave the office, so you yeah. would just hang around doing nothing.
1: Yeah, I've, I've experienced that, and I, I mean, I've, you know, my, my uh, job and position is, you know, we work on projects and it's, it's the media world. So it's crazy schedules, it's crazy deadlines. So we'll, um, you know, I could work, you know, 15, 16 hours a day. And what I find is you need something, whether you work out, take a break, you, you, you can't just do that straight. And then at around the 12 hour mark, the productivity quote, goes down; it, it nosedives. Yeah. He, yeah. You're, you're working at about twenty or thirty percent, when in fact, I mean, unless you're you know uh, you know you're doing drugs or Red Bull or whatever, then you can you know you can bypass that, but that'll catch up with you real quick. But you're much better. Um, taking you know calling it a day taking a rest getting a good night's sleep and starting over again but you're right it's like people you know they feel like they've got you know they're part of the team and they got to stay there they got to get FaceTime with the old boss even (laughs) if it's useless
0: yeah that's the thing like if if you're working and you know you're being productive and you're getting things done and then you're finished and you're like okay you know we're done but when people are just kind of hanging around till 7, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night and calling that work. It's like, well, you're not working. You're just kind of futzing around trying to make it look like you're working, which is way more exhausting than just actually working. And, you know, if you can get your job done in four hours, God bless you. Go home. Go play racquetball or something. Actually, it that, kind that's of her, that's heresy, Matt. I know, I know. In this country, it, it is, and it's uh, like I remember some writer was being interviewed. They were talking about work on NPR and hours people work, and your job being very wrapped up in your value as a person. And you know, he said, "I don't have a job," but he said, "I I have work. I have my work that I do. I'm a writer, and I write, and I." you know i think he said he really wrote maybe 2 hours a day max cuz he can't sit there for 8 hours writing and yeah it does research reads and things but this there is that obsession among especially if you spent all that money to go to college and to get a master's degree i mean you better be working you better be producing
1: you better be hustling
0: yeah i remember my uh my you know dad as i've mentioned on this podcast was a lawyer and he was going into Boston, <clears throat> some case. He had to go to the courthouse in there. And there was all kinds of traffic. And he said he was really stressed out. And he had all these files in the back seat. And just thinking about like what he was going to have to do when he got in there. And he said he looked over and he saw some guy. They were doing construction. And he was just doing the jackhammer. And he's like, I, I would really give a lot to trade places with that guy. That guy's going to do his jackhammering. He's gonna go home. There's not gonna be any emails or phone calls. He's not, you know, probably earning a decent wage.
1: Right, the jackhammer goes away. Yep, it's, and he it's it's, it's it's away in the truck. He yep. goes home. Yeah, you're right. Carefree.
0: Yep. You can't jackhammer at home. Can't take but, it home with you. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Yeah. But so.
1: that's not to uh, say that jackhammering a street is an easy job
0: oh no no it certainly is is physically demanding and I'm sure it's got its own special skill set to it but and again there's always trade offs I'm sure the guy running the jackhammer has thought gee I'd like to be earning a lot more money or this job is kind of boring or whatever it is so you know it's always trade offs to things Right. Um, so I have uh, yet another list the list, oh, they right. never stop. The list, every time I go to my Facebook feed, there's another list. And I like the idea of the guy or the woman who, go. you know, maybe it's at the end of six months and is looking at the list and saying, I don't understand it. I checked off everything on this list and I'm still not getting ahead. I don't understand it, you know. I don't get how... Uh I, I just saw in the Facebook feed, some people like some guy, Brendan something, and he's got the top habits. It's, it's like the top highly effective habits or something like that. I mean, there, there's always some new bullshit out. You know it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's endless. It's really
1: because every... This is my theory. This so my theory on everything is people want to take that pill. Yeah. Read yep. that list.
0: Yep. Yep. They
1: they don't want to put in the hard work because in reality, you know, you you can't. You're not just going to press a button and a Ferrari is going to be in your your driveway. Not not to say that's the end all be all of human existence, but take it. Take any. Take any endeavor. You want to run a marathon. You want to climb a mountain. You want to. You know, write a a best-selling book. You want to um, win an Academy Award. That that stuff is the making of years, years of blood, sweat, and tears that you don't just see. You see the finished product. You don't see, you know, the comedian getting laughed off the stage. You don't see... Um, you know, the countless fail- failures that people endure and the ridicule. The, that's what I love. The judging, of, judging of the process. You don't see that. You only see the success or in some cases, you know, someone's a failure. You just see the failure and then that person gets crapped on even more.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you on all that. There's a top ten list for it. <laughs> nah, there's there's got to be some button to push. What are you talking about? Come on. <laughs> I,
1: I wake up every morning, I take that pill, yep. and I press that button. Baby. That's right. <laughs> That's
0: right. Um, so this is uh, top ten things you, why, should make you never trust your manager if you're manager is doing these things then uh you should not trust him or her um so number 10 badmouths the company so i guess that would be uh make you look bad if you were working for a manager who was badmouthing the company number nine works against the company's best interests by slacking off on the job uh using funds or other resources or tries to keep their manager in the dark um, <clears throat> number eight complains about their lot how hard they have to work how badly they get paid etc to you and other employees I, I have one axiom I live by is be very wary of people who tell you how hard they work because rarely is that, <laughs> true, that
1: true well it's the, uh, it's the busyness culture um, I'm busy I'm busy yeah, you know, right. it's like, yeah. and yeah. people wear it with uh, as a badge of honor and they also you know, the other thing and I, th- I think we spoke about this before is people brag about how little sleep they get I know. You tell <laughs> you something I brag about that. I brag and, about how much you're doing an experiment don't go to sleep ever and die <laughs> that's what you should do
0: I, uh, I brag about how much sleep I get I'm talking like 12 uh, 14 <laughs> hours <laughs> just out cold not moving, not waking up, <laughs> nothing. How
1: much how much sleep do you get? Do I get? Yeah,
0: I go to bed very early. Well, particularly during the school year, I go to bed at sometimes eight o'clock, nine never, rarely past nine o'clock. I just can't stay awake, and I get up at about five. So I, I get at least eight hours, sometimes nine. Uh, sometimes I do wake up during the night. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm in bed. I I am pretty religious about getting that much sleep. I just can't really function if I yeah.
1: I I I get between like I'm gonna say you know anywhere between six and eight. Yeah. Like I I typically go to sleep. Well, I'm I mean I don't go like I don't I go up to bed. So I, I'm I i i am up in bed. I try to be in bed by about ten o'clock. And then you know I could go to sleep. I'm I'm a quick sleep. I could go to sleep anywhere between ten and eleven, and then I'm up. No alarm clock. Just, just I'm up at around five a.m. If I'm exhausted, I would get up at six a.m. I don't know. I don't remember the last time I've slept past six a.m. though.
0: Yeah, I I rarely. I I'm most productive in the morning. Like if I can sit down. And I'm going to do something like write uh, between like 6 and 9. I, I rarely do a lot of writing in the afternoon. I just really can't. It's not my not my thing. I, I don't do it at night. Uh, you know, different people have different habits, obviously. But I just tend to be more of a, yeah, getting up at 5, 6 o'clock. That's, you know, Yeah, I, really I do it. I
1: used to be a night owl. I guess that's the term where I would work into the wee hours in the morning when I was working on um, that website findadoc.com dot com um, because I was working with Indian programmers and just the the time difference made sense made sense for me to work late into the night and then get up early in the morning and for like a six month period, I was getting like four or five hours of sleep a night
0: yeah and
1: yeah. I I gained weight, I was irritable, I'd blow up at people. Yeah. I would yeah. I literally I remember this, I'd be driving and I'd feel like I ha- like I just fall asleep at the wheel. Yeah. I like literally had to like smack my face to stay up. Yeah. And what I would do is I would catch up on sleep over the weekend, but it was brutal. It's just brutal.
0: I've I've heard that catching up on sleep really doesn't work, like it really Doesn't you know, get you. I mean, you know, I can go like, we've been doing this short film and obviously there are long days on that. If I'm up and doing something, I can go for a pretty long time. But as soon as I sit down to read something or if I'm going to be in front of a computer, forget it. Like I'm done. I'll just fall asleep. So, um, yeah, I mean,
1: it's, they the research says or scientists says sleep scientists saying that you should try to go to sleep at the same time and wake up at the same time every day yes. yes and what I what I do is I do I mean obviously if I have to catch a flight or if there's a shoot I've got to set an alarm clock but typically I will not set an alarm I just I can literally my body just wakes up
0: yeah you know Yeah.
1: Um, anyway let's get let's get back to the list
0: Well, the sleep stuff is important. That's, I mean, I I agree with, because I, you know, another thing, a lot of people work third shift jobs. And I did that for a, I did it for two summers at Coca-Cola. And then occasionally I would have to do that when I gripped and trying to sleep during the day and work at night is awful. That, that is the worst. It's just, I never got enough sleep. It was during the summer. So it was hot. And you just, like... I looked like a vampire. I mean, you just never... You never get a good night's sleep. You never get eight hours. And you're just dragging the whole time. Yeah,
1: Jeannie, um, she, when she first came out of Fordham um, for nursing, she worked the night shift at New York Presbyterian. And it was brutal. Yeah. It, like, her... Um, she would get s- sick more often. Her eating habits were just... All over the place. Weekends were just. She, she was always kind of like in the zombie state.
0: You don't get a weekend. Your Saturday is blown because right. you worked all Friday night. Yeah, right. it's terrible.
1: Yeah. It's just. It's just. And then there were times like like what you're saying is like on Saturday where she would just try to fight through it and then it would just she would just crash
0: well then you you get like your cycles get thrown off and then you know sunday night you can't get to or whenever you're supposed to work like you can't sleep on monday and you got to work monday night and yeah it's just it's the one thing i used to do one summer when i worked overnight at coca-cola every morning i would stop at Dunkin' donuts on the way home at about five in the morning and i would get three donuts (laughs) <laughs> no, it's, that's what i had to push me through you know what's funny though i know we're getting off on a tangent here but it's work related i like when i work coca-cola we would work like eight hours monday night maybe eight to ten tuesday and then it was 12 hours 12 hours 14 hours of like you're just lifting cases of coke stacking them on pallets and putting them on a truck like that's just what you did And there were a lot of guys there who were like not in the best of shape, you know, a lot of big bellies and stuff. But they could work, like they could work 14 hours, and it didn't bother them. And then there were these guys who came; they were summer help, like me. I'll never forget these two guys, three guys. They were huge muscles. I mean, they were just they were enormous, and they couldn't work. I mean, it was ridiculous. Like they had no stamina. And I remember this guy said to me, it was like his first or second night, and he said, oh, how do you like the job? And I was like, well, you know, it's kind of tiring. And he's like, well, I guess if you can do it, I can do it. And I was looking at him. The guy's like twice my size. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I would imagine so. He lasted like a month. Another guy lasted like two weeks. These guys were huge. They could bench press like 300 pounds. And they just couldn't work. They could not last. And I was like, it takes a certain mentality to just be able to push through for eight, ten, twelve hours. You know, like I'm sure Genie, same deal. Like nursing, like you either have the stamina or you don't to do it. No,
1: no, it is, it, and it's, and it's. You know, a lot of people will will fall off that wagon. Oh, I'm sure. It, it's uh, it's it's brutal, but you know the that at that time, and I don't know if it still exists at New York Presbyterian. Is you you know it was all based on seniority. So nobody wanted to work the night shift, so all the new nurses worked the night shift. Yeah, yeah. And then when you put in your time, you would get the, you know, you got your seniority, you would get the day shift.
0: Yeah, yeah, as with many of those jobs. Um, So complaints about their lot at their job, how hard they have to work, blah, blah, blah. Lies to you or other employees um number 6 pits employees against each other assuming two empl- or assigning two employees the same task without telling them to see uh the political strife that results expects employees to take sides in their conflicts with other managers Involves you and in their plots and schemes against other departments. See, the, pro. Uh, let's see, whines this, about.
1: I mean, this, I'm uh, sorry to interrupt, but this just sounds like a season of The Office.
0: This sounds like me is the problem. <laughs> Th- this would be me as the manager. <laughs> Especially this one, number three. Whines about how difficult it is to work for their boss so you'll feel sorry for them instead of holding them accountable for standing up for the department's needs. That's me. I totally... <laughs> absolutely. You
1: know, it's it's funny. It's the, the amount of power, you know, a manager could wield is just insane. Could literally just crap on you for like 75% of your existence.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well... And a lot of oh, this one's good. Ask you to spy on your colleagues and report back to the manager. I'd be spying on my colleagues. I'd be like, no problem, boss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It'd be like, oh, just, <laughs> just, just,
1: give, just give me a list. I will spy on everyone.
0: Here's my how-to list: how to be the office toady, <laughs> <laughs> or like the benefits of being a flunky. <laughs> That's me, total. Wunky. Wunky. And the I'll, I'll be his and I'd, I'd, gadget, I'd also,
1: I would also try to be like I'd be like an undercover cop, so I'd try to trap.
0: Oh, anybody. totally, totally. What What do you want me to do? You want me to record them on my phone or something like that? What do you want me to do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> just Just breaking all the rules and like, yeah. Um, what's it called when when a police officer like wrongly sets up
0: entrapment. Entrapment. Yeah.
1: I would be pulling entrapment left and right. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Left and right.
0: <laughs> and everyone would know, they'd all know. Matt yeah. is the office flunky snitch <laughs> toady. <laughs> That's...
1: And, but but when you come into the room or a meeting, you're all smiling. Oh slapping back. Backs. Slapping. Hey Ted, and how's
0: the kids? Yeah, that, wait, that's wait, me. what's that? Hey, Ted, how's the kids? Hey, so yeah, Mary, how's Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's me.
1: Oh, and, and the uh, it wouldn't just be like a handshake. It would be a handshake and you'd pull them in for that hug. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what oh, I'm yeah. talking about? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Squeeze the shoulder. Yeah. You know, be very yeah. sincere. Very
1: sincere. Yeah, like really close to their face. They, like just just too close. There's a um, and everybody knows you're just a complete douchebag.
0: Oh yeah, a backstabber. Actually, um Tom, our friend in Maine and I came up with a book that we're trying to write, not really, but we talk about it. The title is <laughs> the title is not, not really. Brown- We're
1: gonna write a book, not really. No, it's not never really. gonna happen, but no, no, we talk it's a about thought. It
0: but the the title is brown nose brown nosing and backstabbing a guide to corporate success <laughs> <laughs> i think i think that would be the key right there like forget all this crap about affirmation and blah brown nosing and backstabbing that's how you get ahead in corporate america
1: that you know what what we what you should do what we should do is we should we should put it up there. We should put ads up there and get pre-orders on it. <laughs> See how many people will buy it, and then we'll write it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, that's part of the whole—the uh, whole dishonesty of it—is there is no book. There <laughs> is just <laughs> that's, that's all lies, too. You know, there's a great documentary on YouTube. It's about psychopaths in general, but then there's a section that they've labeled industrial psychopaths and this guy who's like a corporate psychologist I think he kind of coined the phrase and he was like you know when people say psychopath they think about Hannibal Lecter and serial killers but he said there's a lot of people out there who that's not their goal they don't kill people and whatnot but he he was talking about this one company in particular he didn't name the company and they were having all kinds of problems with the employees And so he went in, they hired him as a consultant and he went in and he talked to people and he spent about a month and he said he finally narrowed it down to this one guy who he just, he came up with the term industrial psychopath and this guy, (laughs) guy. he was the biggest (laughs) brown noser backstabber, he would spread rumors he would like, he figured out who the boss was having an affair with and then he was cozying up to her and he's bad, and and he said this one guy with with nobody really realizing it, was creating all these problems. And it's just, you know, it's like a lot of CEOs, like they don't really care about people. They'll just, they're very charming, they're your best buddy, and they will cut your legs out from under you quicker than, and it doesn't matter to them at all. They just have no conscience about it. And unfortunately, you know, he said the irony, maybe it's not ironic, but this is the way corporate culture has been, Designed like these people do get ahead, so you know,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, that, I've that known
0: people who fit that bill. Who, who, like, I'm, I've worked for people like that. Who I'm like, you are a manipulative, nasty bully who loves just browbeating people, myself included, myself in included. front of other employees and then they two days later they're telling you how great you are at your job and it's just like get away from me will you like they're just really unsettling people to be around
1: but you know and that's that's reality for millions of people oh yeah I mean, your yeah. your day-to-day existence you're under the thumb of some tyrannical asshole
0: you're right yeah you know it's
1: it, it's I mean, of course, you you know, it's a free country, you can quit, but a lot of people saddled down with debt, mortgage, car, wife, kids, it's not that easy. You just, you just got to, you know, not only put up with that person, but tr- try, try to get on that person's good, you know, good side. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. yeah. And there's well, no pleasing that person. I mean, they... They, and there's a lot of people who they don't have two Mercedes in the driveway I mean they're just trying to scrape by and they don't have the luxury of quitting their job and they just have to you know put up with it um, this last one here talks about co-workers behind their backs um, oh put me
1: put me up for that one
0: yeah that's, that's my problem is I've hit basically all of these so <laughs> that's, that's just the way that it is um, top 10 reasons employees quit uh, they want to work for themselves, number 10. I could see that. Some people, yeah, you, know, that's, you
1: know. That's reasonable.
0: Yeah, but again, that that's, you know, you're not guaranteed the uh, paycheck every two weeks. And you got to, um, you know, I don't know. Again, I got, you know, my, my dad has own law practice. It was basically him and a partner, and then his partner left to become a judge. So it was just him. And it, it's a lot to juggle. I mean, you know, you got to pay people's social security. You got to their medical benefits. It's the whole business aspect of it. Is you know, I mean, you can be like a lawyer or an editor or whatever. But if you're running your own business, now you have to be a manager. You have to be an accountant. You have to be a tax preparer.
1: Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta wear numerous
0: hats. Yeah, um, they want to change career paths, and there's no way to do it in your organization so the i think these are kind of geared towards like somebody who owns a company and uh they're trying to tell them this is why someone would quit they want to move up faster than your company's structure climate and policies will allow number seven they are underpaid relative to the market or underpaid relative to what they could earn someplace else Uh, I guess that's since the economy's loosened up somewhat. I was reading that job hopping has become a little more, has been on the uptick because people are like, well, I could earn $10,000 more at this other company, so I'm going to leave. They have big ideas that they want to put into practice, but their current organization is too hidebound and slow moving to let them do it. I, I don't have any big ideas or anything like that. I'm more than happy to slog through right in the middle and just take whatever paycheck they'll give me. <laughs> so I'm kind of ideal in that way. <laughs> you know? uh, they get fed up with internal politics. I think that's kind of anywhere you work. They are exhausted. Uh, they, don't uh, they don't have faith. They everything. are
1: exhausted. Is one of them? They're
0: exhausted. They're just exhausted. I guess maybe you just get exhausted with a place where you're just like, I can't put up with these people anymore. I can't be here anymore. um Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been there, I guess, to some degree at certain points where you're just like, I can't do this anymore. I gotta quit. <laughs> you know like, here's my two weeks. I'm out. Goodbye. I don't know if you, well, obviously you left, Morgan Stanley.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me it was, and I don't know if this is on the list, but it was, I looked at, you know, the gents and ladies in front of me, uh, you know, my peers, like the managing directors, and basically the people that I was, like, striving to become, and I didn't want to become them. So yeah. it was a, it, that was the eye-opener for me.
0: And I think uh, you know, I was thinking about this the other day um, in in relation to being a grip, and uh, people there were. I've I've heard stories about, you know, friends of mine wanting to move up, and this engendering some resentment among their peers, their fellow grips, to the point where some relationships were severed because it was, it was seen as like a betrayal, and it's like you're almost casting judgment on their life decisions because a lot of guys who are grips just like a lot of people everywhere they just you know they don't want to be the key grip they just want to earn their check and and that's that and anybody who wants to move up to being like a you know camera operator or something like that they kind of view it with suspicion and because again i i think in in ways that are you know, I mean, the person I'm thinking of would never cast judgment on anybody, but it's sort of like, oh, you're you're sort of saying I should do something like that, or I'm not ambitious enough, or whatever. So, I just throw that out there.
1: I always cast judgment.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it's like, you know, any person who's an employee at a company, and they're miserable, and their buddy says, hey, look, I'm quitting. You know, I'm going to go start my own business. I can't do this anymore. There's a certain amount of like, damn, why don't I have the courage to do that? Like, I hate this oh, job. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah, and I complain. And you'd rather have your buddy, well, it's misery loves company. You'd rather have your buddy stay there with you, gut it out for the next 20 years, and you're both miserable together. But if he or she leaves, you know, it's like, eh, why can't I do that? Like, why don't I have the guts to take that kind of risk you know
1: you know it's it's such a you know a a dark side of humanity you know to to think there's a lot of people like that where they um compare themselves to other people and you know they just they want to what's the other like they want to bring people down to their level the
0: crab mentality
1: Right, or 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 otherwise they'll just like absolutely crap on them.
0: Well, you know it's funny how I, I was reading my eleventh grade class. They were reading these research articles, and it was like they were talking about money in one of them and how much people are paid and how much it correlates to their happiness. And a lot of people, I, I I'm I'm trying to paraphrase here, but it was like if they earned eighty thousand dollars in a company and, you know, the other people there were earning $70,000, they'd be happy. If they moved to another company and they were earning $160,000 a year, double their salary, but they were earning $20,000 less than their colleagues, that would piss them off. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's it's all perspective. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Which is, it's you know... I, don't, I really don't know how much my colleagues make. It's, it's pretty much based on how many years you're there. And there's really nothing to do about that. You're either there a certain amount of time or you're not. Um, but I mean, there,
1: there, are, there are some companies now that will, um, will make that information public, where they'll, they'll post it on an intranet of what everyone makes. There are a few of those companies, but it does exist.
0: Well, I was reading about this uh, this guy. I mean, he was a Wall Street guy. He earned 45 million dollars in his bonus, I mean to say, earned. He got 45 million dollars. He was pissed. He was pissed. <laughs> he thought it should 45 million dollars. and he was upset because he thought it should have been like 60. He talked like someone had stolen 15 million dollars out of his pocket. Fuck. I mean, like, what do you do with a guy like that? I have no idea what to do with look, look at professional athletes. They'll hold out 12.1 million. Nope, I want 12.3. And it's just because the other guy's earning more.
1: Well, you, you got like in, in something like that, just to take the other side of the argument is, you know, that Wall Street guy who made 45 million bucks, right? and he's, he's pissed off. It's con- and I don't know this story, but it's conceivable he could have made his firm three hundred million dollars. Yeah, and he feels like a twenty percent take of that three hundred million would have been fair. So, <laughs> the, the, no, no, I'm, no, I'm being serious. Yeah, the, no, firm, I know. the firm makes three hundred million. Yeah, and yeah. he makes sixty million. That's it. That's a twenty percent take of that three hundred million. Yeah. To me too that would also be fair. Like so the fact that he only made like $45 million for anyone is an egregious amount of money and literally you can take that $45 million and you don't have to work a day a day in your life. It's done. It's over.
0: If you play your cards right and you're 40 years old and someone gives you $1.5 million, you really don't have to work anymore. I mean you could spend like You know, I don't know, 30 grand a year, 50 grand a year. You could live a long time just, you know, living off that million, million and a half.
1: Absolutely. $45 million.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then the same thing with the professional athlete is the owners of the Lakers, the Knicks, you know, the Broncos, the Giants, you know, fill in the blank. They're making hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, and they predicate their value to that franchise based on the possibility of going to the Super Bowl, the NBA championship, right. all the merchandise sold. So, and again, we're talking huge numbers here. We're talking twelve million, twenty, you know, twenty million, thirty million dollars. But I can also see their their case of there's always a bigger fish. You know what I mean? You can always look at something and analyze it and be like, oh, I'm being screwed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, my favorite Red Sox, since we're talking about professional sports is David Price, because he is making $135 million over the course of like um, three years or something like that. And he couldn't pitch. This was a couple of months ago, Because he had carpal tunnel syndrome from playing Fortnite too much. (laughs) (laughs) And he said this. He said, he's like, it's minor minor carpal tunnel syndrome. Because I I like to play video games. and That That is hilarious. Another time he he wouldn't pitch or couldn't pitch, he said, because of his allergies. They were acting up and he, he just couldn't pitch. And he, it's it's so fun. Like he's getting paid so much money to throw a ball, and it, no, I, yeah, you know, I I like to play video games, so I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I mean, after a while, you just gotta love that. You gotta love that attitude. Just like, hey, we want for me. I got allergies. Another time, it was I don't know. It was too cold or something. He always has some excuse where you'd be like, okay, you should really be embarrassed to even say that, but he doesn't care. He's just like, people ask him if he likes playing in Boston, he's like, I don't hate it.
1: <laughs> I paid him
0: $135 million over that's three bit, years. I don't hate That's the best
1: it. answer you can muster.
0: Yeah, I can deal with it. I think you said I can deal with it. Wow, that's very brave of you that <laughs> you can deal with it. <laughs> Uh, you gotta love it I mean people people will complain about anything I mean they, they will really just complain about anything so
1: oh yeah ab- absolutely it,
0: it doesn't matter what job you put them in or how much money they earn or whatever we like could, just, right, we, could you know.
1: we could create a scenario that would be so outlandish and it would seem so unbelievable dreamlike on paper pure paradise and there would be millions of people that would complain about that scenario
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you probably wouldn't complain about it for the first year, but then you'd start to find things to complain about. Like as soon as anyone asked you to do something, you know, important or or that stressful, like, forget it. I mean, you know, you just, you know, fall apart. So. Um, All right. Well, I think we have hit uh, 43 minutes here, which is not bad for us. (laughs) <laughs> Trying to Not bad topic. at all. <laughs> uh, so, everybody, thanks very much. And uh, look for us very soon on Instagram and Twitter. And just really enhance your day. And, f- and Facebook. And Facebook, yes. Absolutely.
1: And, absolutely. and we, uh, we may try Snapchat, but there are no
0: promises. I have no experience with Snapchat. I'm actually a little fearful of it. But, you know, you know me, John. I'm all about personal growth all about
1: it constantly growing
0: all right everybody thanks a lot
1: Uh all right thanks everyone